Women Taking the Lead, Episode 104. Those self-doubts, they're going to keep stopping you. They're going to be walls that you keep running into. And at some point, you have to say, I'm going to do this despite the fear. I'm going to do this even if I even if I don't know if it's going to work out okay. I have to find out. And you just, you just kind of have to jump. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nikki Wetherow, who is a licensed counselor in Portland, Maine. She empowers clients to find their natural strengths and overcome challenges in order to live happier, healthier lives. Nikki provides mental health and substance use counseling for adolescents with Day One in South Portland, and she has a private practice in Portland with services geared specifically toward the unique needs of women, and she also volunteers for the American Red Cross Disaster Master Mental Health Services. Goodness, goodness, Nikki, when do you have downtime? (laughs) But but that's just a little, I mean, seriously, that's just a little intro for everyone. But tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me here, Jody. Um, Believe it or not, I do find some downtime in there. Certainly like, you know, boundaries and quiet time for myself is a really important thing to be able to do all this stuff. Um, And the importance of that is something I learned, you know, through my life. But um, I I was fortunate enough to come from a family who was very warm and loving and supportive and, you know, believed in you and you can kind of be anybody you want and do anything that you can, um, which was really great. But the the flip side of that is um, in my own personal life, I have a trauma history. I overcame some abuse from when I was younger. And unfortunately, both my parents and some of my extended family, it's what we call intergenerational trauma. Um, so I come from a family of survivors and a family of people who have overcome some really um, some really big things. So my childhood was sort of this balance between like having a lot of courage and faith in myself, but also um, not really believing in myself and feeling like a lot of fear and that the world is a pretty scary place. So as I got a little bit older, when I became a teenager, that kind of developed a little bit more. And then um, everything kind of came to um, a peak, I guess, when I was like 17 and 18. And in an 18-month period, um, all three of my immediate family members, my father, my mother, and my brother, all had really serious either injuries or health issues. Um, So it was just a really scary time and not a whole lot of room for like trying to be <laughs> the person I was growing into there you know it was more like survival and safety but um my father had had a couple heart attacks um and then my mother had um survived an accident with a farm tractor where she unfortunately had to have one of her legs amputated but she she lived through that um and then my brother suffered a traumatic brain injury where he developed epilepsy so for like 18 months and then thereafter it was just a lot of like how do you how do you pick up the pieces how do you live when the world is just feeling like a very, very scary place. Um, so where most, you know, college students are going about their lives and figuring out what they want to study and, you know, um, learning who they really are. For me, I was kind of, you know, overcoming these things and also just desperately trying to hold on to my loved ones and take care of my family. Um, So it was definitely, I guess, not your typical adolescence in some ways, but also quite the learning experience, too. Holy smokes, Nikki. 
That is amazing. Kind of in the true definition of the word amazing, like knowing what you, where you come from, what you've overcome. And yes, it sounds like there was definitely mixed blessings in there. And what I'm thinking of right now is, you know, because we had the good fortune to uh, live close enough that we were able to meet up for coffee mm-hmm. right, before doing this recording. And I didn't know all of this about you. But one thing that struck me when we met up was you were just full of life, <laughs> full of hope, right? You were, you're a cheerful person. You have a lot of good energy about you. I would have never guessed, you know, everything that you had gone through. And especially in that time in your life, 18 months to have all of that. It must've felt like bam, 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 like one thing after another. And like, what's next, you know, that like, what is next? And you know, it really is a testament to the work that you do and the work that you've done for yourself that here you are on the other side of this. And it's not like, you know, life isn't still coming at you. It is, but you've just created and developed so many skills to, to be able to stay in, in in a good place. Absolutely. And I mean, the, I mean, the biggest thing is resilience. I mean, I had so many examples of resilience in my family members, you know, my mom, my brother and my dad, and then also my own personal resilience. But there was a, a lot of sort of self-doubt that came before that, a lot of fear and a lot of self-doubt until I got to that point. But absolutely, it's a much, much different life now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You found your, your footing. Absolutely. All right. And I want to hear about that because, you know, clearly where you are now is different from, you know, where you started in your earlier years. You've definitely gained calm and confidence and not to say that those things don't get shaken every now and again, but you're light years ahead of where it sounds like you were. But I want you to first, before we go on talking about all the good things that are are going on, first take us back to a time when you were playing small. Tell us the story of that time and share with us the lessons you've learned. Absolutely. Um, So I think I spent the majority of my early 20s just year after year playing it small. Um, You know, I I knew I wanted to go to college, so I I did go to college, but I I became an English major mostly because I liked to read and I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what to do with myself. Um, And then I spent a lot of years just kind of floating from, or not a lot of years, but a few years floating from like not so meaningful jobs to not so meaningful job and really just underselling myself. Um, And I I basically just kind of settled down really quickly and, you know, in relationships that were not quite worth my my time and energy and surrounded myself with some people that weren't quite worth my time and energy. And I had all these big dreams, but was just too afraid and too scared and and really didn't believe that I had anything to offer. So I just kind of stayed in this stuck little bubble for, for a long time, not really doing much of anything. And what happened? What was the, the moment or the series of moments that kind of took you from there to settling, very much settling is what I'm hearing, to really going for it and realizing that you deserved more? Um, I had this kind of crazy last ditch um, moment where I applied for a job in wilderness therapy out in Colorado, just applied for it, never in a million years believed that I would get this job. Um, And it turned out to be a newer program and they were really 
kind of looking for anybody who was willing to do the work. So <laughs> kind of a whim. I was 25 years old. I packed up my entire life and moved to Colorado, which I had never even been before, um, to work in the backcountry with adolescents who were gang members, who were in jail, who were, you know, had their, their own trauma histories, overcoming abuse and neglect and just some really major hardships. And I spent nine months out in the woods with these kids just surviving and like, just completely learned how strong I was and how capable I was. Everything from surviving lightning strikes and trying to, you know, prevent interactions with bears or wild boars or herds of cattle, you name it, to, you know, taking care of people and whether it was my fellow staff or these amazing teenagers that are looking to you as a person like you know, my world is awful, help me make sense of this, and having to kind of explore my own life and my own world to be able to help them through that process. It was, it was definitely like learning how to stand on your own two feet with a 50 pound pack on top of a mountain. <laughs> you know what I love about this story is you may have gotten into the program kind of on a whim. Yeah. Right. A lucky roll of the dice. It was new. Not many people were probably that interested in it, but you were. So they took you. But that didn't ensure that you were going to be successful. Absolutely. And it, it was funny because the other staff, because I had never even been backpacking before. I had no business being out there. I had never worked with teenagers. And people were joking and taking bets about how long I would last and if I would make it through the season. And I was one of the last people standing. I made it through. I mean, we had quite a, a season. There was a lot of hardships that happened and a lot of staff issues and um, just challenges that we had to face. And um, I was definitely, I, I made it through the whole thing and then some. So it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Nikki, what do you think was it that helped you to be successful in that situation where you had no prior experience, you didn't know what you were doing, but you outlasted people who had more experience than you did? I think it was just, um, I started to believe in myself. You know, I went into this thinking like I had nothing to offer and, you know, I had no hard skills. Like literally, I, you know, could barely set up a tent and couldn't read a map. I had, it, it had nothing that I thought was to offer. Um, and I had to really look at myself and figure out, well, what do I have to offer? I have to offer my, my time, my attention, my focus, um, you know, sharing my own stories with people and helping them, you know, especially the kids I was working with, but also the staff I connected with, you know, believe in themselves. So I really just, it was that introspective process of figuring out who I was and really figuring out what I had to offer, which wasn't immediately tangible. Mm hmm. I love that, that you changed your focus to um, really focusing on what you did have. Right. And, and not paying so much attention to what you didn't have. And that translated into you having more belief in yourself. And then you were able to like, just do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Because those self doubts, they're going to keep stopping you. They're going to be walls that you keep running into. And at some point you have to say, I'm going to do this despite the fear. I'm going to do this. Even if I, even if I don't know if it's going to work out okay, I have to find out. And you just, you just kind of have to jump. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> I love it. All right, Nikki, now share with us a a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment 
and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Absolutely. Um, so this is a very definitive moment in my life. While I was out in Colorado, there was one particular 14-year-old girl that I was working with, and she was just the quietest, shyest little thing. Like She, she never said a bad word to anybody. Um, so for the three months she was there, we didn't really get to know her very much. And then in the last f- few weeks, I had a moment alone with her, and she just looked me dead in the eye and told me this story story of this, you know, horrible abuse that she had suffered and overcome. And she asked me, you know, why did that happen? And how do I live with this? And at the time, you know, I I wasn't a therapist yet. I didn't have the training to quite understand that. But I knew at that moment that I, I, I wanted to figure that out. Like, how exactly do you help somebody heal from that? How do you help somebody find the strength that the strength and the value that they have in themselves to overcome those things? And it was also this very scary moment of knowing that I was going to have to do that myself too. Um, and it, it was just this ripple effect that changed, changed the rest of my life. And what did, what did you find in that moment? Like, what, what was it? I mean, not that, not the specific words, right? Because that's different with every situation. But what did you pull on in yourself to help you and her get through that moment? I think it was just the knowing that the process is never going to be easy and it's really hard to look at the truth of things, but it will be so worth it to unpack all that hurt and leave it behind you and go forward in a much better, beautiful way in your life. So again, what I'm hearing is very similar to um, your playing small moment, like the key for you in this situation and, and in that situation was just focusing on what, what you can do. Absolutely. And, and taking that first step, right? And, and facing reality in the eye, too. I imagine in that moment, it was just acknowledging. And what was really brave about her is like, she was sharing with another human being that this happened. Yes. Yeah. And sharing your story is such a powerful and healing thing. It's really amazing. And to bear witness to people's stories is a really amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it's incredibly, I find too, because, you know, being a coach, people share a lot of information <laughs> with me. I'm a good listener and I'm, I'm empathetic. And, you know, um, people know that they're safe sharing their their stuff with me. And so oftentimes, you know, I'll, I'll hear things that people don't would not normally tell other people. Um, and I know that in those moments, I'm incredibly humbled and honored because I know it takes a lot you know, to to do that, to share some personal stories, especially the ones where we don't know what to do with them yet. Absolutely. You know, it takes coming out of safety, taking a risk, going, you know, you know, the proverbial going out on a limb (laughs) to do that. So it's an incredible honor when somebody shares that with you and she chose you and that must have been incredibly humbling. I think humbling is definitely the appropriate word. It's humbling to share your own personal story and it's humbling to witness somebody's story. And again, it's such a powerful and healing thing. And especially for myself, it wasn't until I could face my own story and share my own story that I was able to move on and let go of those, those limiting beliefs, those doubts, those self fears, those, you know, things, those messages we tell ourselves in our head that we're not good enough, or we're not strong enough or whatever the, the enoughs, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I do want to underscore too, Nikki, that, um, because I know there, there's probably some people who are listening who are like, oh, you know, I should probably share more, tell my story. I also want to underscore, it's important to find somebody you feel safe with. 
that you can trust your story with. Um, clearly, you're that kind of person. You know, that's what I picked up on in our interaction too. This young girl picked up on that as well. We can't share our stories with everybody, but we can find someone we can trust who will hold our story sacred. And that's important too, because when you can share your story in that area of trust, it's you you said it perfectly like all of a sudden the the limiting beliefs become obvious right we make stuff up when things happen to us we make stuff up about who who we are as a person right it changes our identity and when we can share a story we can put all of those things back into perspective and know that our stories don't have to define us they're just something that happened to us along the way absolutely and it's something that you can then shed and leave behind you or or you know examine further okay what is this about where did this come from um and i know for for this girl that i was working with and for myself you know that was that was a big part of it is just looking at what is this about and what don't I need anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Shed it. Get rid yeah. of it. <laughs> awesome. and, and and take it. Take with you like the resiliency and the strength. You know that the the survival, the skills. Um, but getting rid of all the stuff that isn't serving you and only makes you feel small because it it's not serving you. Awesome. All right, Nikki. This is a great segue because. Um, I ask all my guests about their leadership style because we all lead differently. We have different strengths and perspectives, different life experiences that shape who we are as people and then shape who we are as leaders. So, Nikki, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, I think my leadership style is more sort of like quiet empowerment. Um, one thing I've noticed about working with people and, and, you know, whether it's clients or coworkers or employees, people often have way more inner wisdom than they realize, but they're kind of afraid to trust it. So I feel like my leadership style is to help people tap into what they already know about themselves. Like if someone asks you, what do you think? Or what should I do? You know, I'm always going to ask them back, well, what is your instinct? What was your first gut response? about how you wanted to react to this or respond to that. And usually they already have the answer. So helping somebody find their own voice and their own strength, I think is really important to me. And I think that's more valuable than, you know, me just giving an answer or telling them what to do. Oh, I love that. And I can't source the quote, but there's a great quote out there that says, you know, great leaders do not create other followers. They create more leaders. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you're doing when you help other people tap into what's what they have within them already. Like those those are things that they can bring forward that won't just help them in this situation, but will help them forever. Absolutely. Like there's a ripple effect. Very cool. All right, Nikki, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and you want to share with us? Um, I think the thing I'm most excited about right now is my my private practice, um, mostly because it allows me to do different work than my my day job where I'm connecting with adults that know themselves, they know what they need, and they're just looking for somebody to help them through that process. And, you know, we come back to that humbleness, you know, I get to bear witness to their stories and and help facilitate that change and that growth um, and watch them kind of sort stuff out for themselves with just a little bit of help. And that's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And I'm I'm really enjoying that right now. Mm. And in your introduction, you know, I was 
I mentioned that your services and your private practice are geared specifically towards the unique needs of women. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you're focusing on in your private practice or that your clients bring to you to work on? Um, Well, it's a lot of what we've been talking about. It's those self-limiting beliefs. It's those, you know, sorting through past experiences that maybe led to current defeating thought practice. um, habits, you know, those, those fears, those doubts of I'm not good enough, or, you know, the world is a scary place. It's breaking those thought processes down and figuring out how they affect our, our moods and our feelings and our behavior and trying to, you know, kind of replace them with something more functional and, and certainly, um, more helpful. Um, so that's a big part of it. And then as far as women go, you know, there's a lot of unique needs of women that aren't always addressed in life. You know, the caregiver, um, dynamics, always having to care for other people and not being able to put ourselves first or feeling guilty about putting ourselves first. So helping women learn how to build in self-care and manage their stress and really take care of themselves. Um, also things like self-esteem, self confidence, self-worth, relationship issues. So a lot of really cool things. Yeah. And you and I both love working with women, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> we, we have that in common too. So, and for those of you listening who are really connecting with Nikki and would love to work with her, we're definitely going to have her contact information um, at the end of the show and in the show notes page too. Um, she is in the Portland, Maine area, but even if you're not in the Portland, Maine area, you can still reach out to her, connect with her. And I'm sure she can put you in touch with a colleague or someone in your area um, who would be perfect for you. All right, Nikki, now we're going to transition into our leadership roundup. Mm -hmm. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um, I think for me, that is recognizing what I don't know or where I'm stuck. So being able to say that, you know, this is a problem for me or I need help with this because that's going to help me grow. Um, it keeps me human and, and humble. Um, and it's just going to help me become the best version of myself and just keep doing things better and better. I love that because you're not going to learn if you don't first acknowledge that you don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's the lead in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what is one book that you would recommend to another woman to help her develop her leadership? Uh, hands down, anything Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love her. Her, her book, Daring Greatly, I think is the best one I've read so far. I haven't read her latest, The Rising Strong, but Daring Greatly, I think is amazing because it challenges us to be brave despite our fears, because that's really the true definition of bravery is not, you know, having no fear, but doing things despite the fear. Um, and I loved some of the the advice and inspiration she offers and how to do that. And she's so human, too. I mean, she acknowledges that this stuff is not easy and that we're all feeling vulnerable sometimes and we're all dealing with these same things. So it's very um, it just helps you connect, I think, in that way, which is great. Absolutely. I love all of her stuff. Um, we, I feel like me and the other women I bring on the show, we're constantly talking about Brene Brown and I have no problem with that. I could talk about her all day. <laughs> Loved Daring Greatly. I have read Rising Strong. Loved it. Oh. You're going to love it too. So when you get a chance, I know you said you have a staycation going on <laughs> this week. Might want to pick that up because, you know, just like her other books and stories and, and stuff that I've read from her, you have that moment of like, oh my God, she just went there. Yep. <laughs> and then at the end of it, you go, good for her. <laughs> and you feel more empowered to, to deal with your own stuff too. So love, love her. <laughs> All right. Nikki, what advice would you give your younger self? 
Um, I think along those same lines, I would just tell myself to do things even though you're scared, that it's okay to be scared and do it anyways and, and just embrace the fear, lean into it. I think that's sometimes the advice we have to give ourselves even when we're older. <laughs> it's okay to be afraid and do it anywhere. And you're, you're playing small, your wake up moments, we're all... Um, you know, uh, captured that, that moment of you don't know how this is going to work out. You, you're not sure how to get to the other side. All you can do is do the next right thing. Yep, exactly. All right, Nikki, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Okay. I love this. This is from Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, she's so amazing, but she said, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're able to say to yourself, I have lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. Oh, I love that. <laughs> awesome. All right. Lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Um, yeah, my, my website has my, has a contact information, it has my email and it has my phone number and any of those are, are, totally appropriate to reach out to me. Um, my website is www.nikkiweatherillcounseling.com. Um, and it, that's Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Weatherill, W-E-T-H-E-R-E-L-L, counseling.com. Awesome. And for those of you who are in the car or on the run, don't worry about it because her the link to her website, to Nikki's website, um, and all the resources shared in this episode, you can find them at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And you can put Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, in the search bar and her show notes page or the blog post that accompanies this episode will come right up. And Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and really honored for, for the privilege. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success. <laughs>